God wants his people to be stable. Amen. God wants us to be stable. So we're going to deal with spiritual stability. Let's go to 1 Peter 1 and 13. 1 Peter 1 and 13. Look what it says. It says, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace of that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I need you all to understand when you look at that word wherefore, I want you to look at that word wherefore, okay? Because when you see that word wherefore, wherefore looks back to what was just written. And so I need you tonight to later on in your study time to start at verse number one and come down to verse 13. Because when he says wherefore, all right, wherefore looks back to what was just written. Uh, it means on which account, on which account. Uh, several times in scripture, you'll find it translated as for which cause. I mean, you hear Paul says, writing to the church at Rome and to the church at Corinth, oftentimes uh, you hear him, you hear him saying for which cause. That's the same thing as, as the where, wherefore. The wherefore looks back to what is just written, okay? And so wherefore, this word refers to the blessings of salvation, which Peter has just emphasized in this epistle, okay? It talks about the blessings of salvation. I don't know how many of you all know that it's a blessing to be saved. It's a blessing to be delivered. It's a blessing to be set free. And I think we're living in a day and a time now where so many people are taking for granted, all right, taking for granted uh, the wherefore, okay, they're taking advantage of the of the wherefore. And I want to just kind of go through this portion quickly, um, because for us to fully understand the rest of the lesson, we have to understand what Peter is really trying to convey to us. And so he's talking about the blessings of salvation, and then during your private study time, as you kind of glance through that, that 13th chapter, these are the blessings that uh, that's included, okay? These are the blessings. Uh, they call them the inspiring blessings. Because when you look at verse number three, we have the prospect, all right? We have the prospect in salvation. And the, the uh, prospect in salvation is, is the hope. Anytime you deal with the word prospect, you deal, it deals with the word possibility, potential, all right? Hope, and so the hope. And then in verse four, we have the possessions from salvation. Uh, he talks about the inheritance. Uh, we all have an inheritance <laughs> uh, because we are saved. All right, Jesus is our big brother. God is our Father. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And so we have a we we have an inheritance. And then verse number five deals with the protection in salvation because he says we're kept. How many of y'all know he's a keeper? 
I don't know about you. I'm glad that I'm glad he's a keeper. Amen. Uh, one scripture says that since we're talking about the mind, uh, it says he will keep you. He will keep you in perfect peace. If you keep your mind stayed on him, he'll keep you. In other words, that will be your that will be your status at all times. He'll keep you as long as you keep your mind stayed on him. He'll give you peace. And so that's the protection in salvation is that we are kept. And then verse number six, he deals with the pleasure from salvation. In other words, we get to rejoice. You know, there should be some more rejoicing if you're saved. I've never seen the life of so many saved people uh, always down and out and always singing the blues. All right. Allowing their imagination to take place and things that haven't happened yet. Things that haven't happened yet got you down. Things that you think about have you depressed. No, there's a pleasure that comes along with salvation. I need you all to know that. And that pleasure ought to cause us to rejoice. Okay. And then when you go all the way down to verse number 12, he talks about the privilege. There's a privilege in salvation and, and the privilege in knowing and having salvation, the very fact that we are saved, that's a privilege. Let's not take salvation for granted. That's a privilege because Peter says that all of this is unto us. He did not exclude any of us, okay? But it's unto us. And, 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 and for that, we ought to, we ought to uh, be forever grateful. And so when you look at the inspiring blessings right here in this first chapter of the book of First Peter, look at the hope, look at the inheritance, look at the fact that we are kept, that ought to cause us to rejoice because of the privilege that he included each and every one of us. And so when you look at just these blessings, and how many of y'all know we can name many, 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 many more blessings. We used to sing a song, count your blessings, name them one by one. See, won't it surprise you what the Lord has done. These blessings ought to indeed prompt, inspire, and encourage sanctified living. We don't talk about sanctification no more. We don't talk about living a holy life no more, okay? But we need to get back. We need to get back to sanctification, sanctifying ourselves on a daily basis. And when you look at these uh, blessings that Peter's talking about, it ought to inspire each and every one of us, and it ought to encourage us to live sanctified and holy lives, okay? And so and so Peter, he first gives some specific specifics. I have trouble with that word regarding the believer's sanctified walk after which he will give the principles of holiness that will cover every area of life, okay? All that's in that first chapter. So I really need you all to read that first chapter, okay? Because he deals with sanctification. He deals with holiness. And let me just pause and ask a question. We do know that holiness is still right, okay? Holiness is still right. I don't care what nobody say. I don't care how they twist it. I don't care how they try to make it fit society. Holiness is still right. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. 
Holiness is not a denomination. It's not a denomination. It's not an, it's not an organization. It's not an association. Holiness, all right, is a way of living. It's a way of walking. It's a way of talking. Okay, it's a way of treating one another. And so uh, Peter, he talks about sanctification and he talks about holiness, all right? And, and holiness covers every portion of our life. It don't just cover some of them, some portions, but it covers every portion of our lives. And so here in, in, in what, what we're dealing with tonight, uh, uh, he gives some specifics in regards to the believer's sanctified walk. All right, and 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 what he tells us basically, uh, what he is telling us is 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 that the first thing that we must do is we 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 have to control the mind. It's three things in here that he's telling us, three things, three things that he's telling us, and I'm going to share them so that you can see what they are, so you can write them down. All right, the first thing he's telling us is to the control of the mind. And then he talks about the calmness in behavior. And then that verse that I read, he talks about the confidence of completion. The control of the mind. Look what he says in verse number 13. Gird up. Gird up the loins of your mind. All right? Gird. That's where we get our word girdle from. Come on, somebody. <laughs> That's where we get our word girdle from. We all know what a girdle's for. Huh? What, what, what do a girdle to tie tie it up? Okay? And 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 so Peter, he's speaking. Now when he says, when Peter says, gird up the the, the loins of, of, of your mind, uh uh the picture here, the picture here is of or orientals tying together their gowns. So the gowns would not hinder work, action, or walk. I want y'all to catch this. That they used to tie up their gowns. Okay. And so and so the mind must be likewise controlled so it does not prevent our work or our walk. Okay? Because we can clutter the mind with improper and unholy and undisciplined thoughts that will distract and encumber. It will hamper the mind. And once your mind become hampered, guess what? It hinders our performance. You, you, you all know when your mind is in three or four different places, you can't too much get nothing done. It, it, it hinders your performance. And so what Peter tells us first to do Peter says is we have to get control of the mind. Okay? And then and then and then the second thing was the second thing was the calmness in in behavior. I need y'all to get this. Because what is, what does he say? He said be sober. <laughs> now, now, while while this literally means this text literally means to abstain from intoxicants, okay? Now, watch this. That, that's, that's whether it be drink or drugs. See, some of y'all, I'm going to teach, some of y'all don't drink, but you, you, you take so much medicine, and sometimes you don't have to take it. Sometimes we take medicine to prevent the pain. 
Come on. Sometimes y'all take a couple of doses of stuff before you go to bed because you know you, your mind is telling you you're going to be hurting in the morning. So I don't want to hurt in the morning. So let me take two or three of these things tonight. All right. Peter says, let's be sober. It includes drink and drugs. Okay. So I understand that that's what that scripture means. But in principle, it means to behave with calmness. Okay. In principle, it means to behave with calmness. So in other words, the believer should not panic and go to pieces when life's troubles beset them. That's what he means. In other words, he's saying when trouble comes your way, all right, he says you, there ought to be a calmness about you. You're a believer. We, 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 we should not act like unbelievers act in the midst of storms. Okay, I then went over what our blessings were. <laughs> and once we appreciate our blessings, Paul says, Peter rather says, if we gird up our minds, stop our minds from wondering, put a girdle on your mind. Tie it up. Keep your mind from shaking. Y'all, y'all ain't got to talk back here to me. Keep your mind from going all over the place. Gird it up because once you gird your mind, the, the loins of your mind, and I'm going to deal with that in a minute. Once you deal with the loins of your mind, then, then you can be sober. Okay? Which means that in principle, you can behave with calmness. This We're living in a day and a time now. This ain't the time to fall apart. This is not the day not to know what to do. No. We need, we, we need to be sober. We need to behave with calmness. And, and, then, and then he says, so I can get through this lesson, he deals with the confidence of completion in verse 13. He says, hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. All right. And so this is a confidence that, that God will indeed complete our salvation. How many of y'all know, maybe, maybe you don't know right now, your salvation is not complete. That's the reason why we have to deal with the sin issue. Okay. Yes, you're saved. Yes, you're saved. But that's why you're saved, and then we have the struggles. Okay, Peter says, hope to the end. We have not reached the end yet. Okay? And so this is the confidence that God will indeed complete our salvation. Now, watch this. Right now, we enjoy justification, and, and, and we're growing in sanctification, and we anticipate glorification. <laughs> Y'all stick with me here tonight. I'm going to say it again. We are enjoying justification. We are growing in sanctification because he got to sanctify us every day. We have not arrived. <laughs> and we are anticipating glorification. Okay? Behold, I show you a mystery. We should not all sleep. But we shall be changed. You know, you, you, you know that scripture. The trump of God shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Those of us 
that yet remain shall be caught up. We're going to meet the Lord up in the air. Okay, that's the end. That's when we go get our glorified bodies. You know, you, you've heard people talk about your glorified body. Some of you guys trying to glorify your body down here. It ain't going to happen. That's why it's not working. Your glorified bodies is at the end. And so Peter says, hope to the end. This is our hope. Don't give up. Okay? And, and, and so let, let me see if I can put it this way. This hope is like making an order at a restaurant and anticipating the dessert which will come after the main meal is finished. All right. Anybody ever go to Chili's? I'm not the only one. I haven't been in a long time. Anybody go to Chili's? You know, they got that three for 20, right? You know, you get, you, you get that three for 20 and a part of that, that two for 10. But what's this? I don't get the two for 10. I get the three for 20. And the reason I get the three for 20, Brother Chris, is because the two for 10 don't come with the strawberry cheesecake. But if you get the three for 20, it comes with the cheesecake. And guess what? I order it with anticipation that I know whatever I get, the steak is going to be delicious. The, the corn on the cob is going to be delicious. All that's going to be delicious. But the whole time I'm eating, I am anticipating. Mm, what time they close tonight? Just kidding. I am anticipating the cheesecake. In other words, I can't wait to get through eating so I can get the cheesecake. This is what Peter is saying. <laughs> Hope to the end with great anticipation. Now watch this. If your mind is cluttered and your imagination is running wild, there'll be no hope to the end. Because you're trying to deal, we try to deal with everyday life. And that's, and that's a part of the trick of the enemy. Get us distracted with the everyday busyness of life. Therefore, as a believer, with all of these blessings, it will cause me not to hope for the end. Somebody ought to shout right where you sit, and the devil is a liar. And so the imminent, in other words, the pending return of Jesus Christ should motivate us to live for him. I mean, I know he's coming again. I know my great-grandmother used to say he was coming. He didn't show up. My grandmother said he was coming. He ain't showed up. My mother said he was coming. He have not shown up. I've been telling folks for years he's coming. He still have not shown up. But guess what? That just means he's closer today than he was when my great-grandmother told me. <laughs> And look at the signs of time. And the signs of time will let us know that Jesus is soon to come. And so because of that, that should motivate us to live for him. And so you know what that means? It simply means being mentally alert. <laughs> it means to think clearly. He says, control of the mind. Then he said, the calmness in the behavior, that's, that's discipline. We got to be disciplined. In other words, we have to exercise self-control. How many of y'all know that's hard to do? Come on. Some of us don't even like to exercise, period. It just is hard. It is. It just is hard to exercise 
self-control as it is to get up and, or, and get on a treadmill sometimes. But watch this. Even though it's hard sometimes to do, the benefits of doing it, okay, is what we ought to look at. So he says, look at the discipline, exercise self-control. And then he says, focus, look forward to the coming of Jesus Christ. Come on, beloved, that's what, that's what this is all about. If you're in it for anything else, guess what? You might as well sign off and get out. Yeah, pastor said it. Sign off and just get out and go on down Broadway. Because I'm afraid that the way that some of us have been, have been thinking that this Christian walk is supposed to be about, we've gotten some misinformation somewhere. We're supposed to be looking forward, anticipating the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you ready to meet Christ? Come on, are you ready to meet him? Living as God's obedient child. That's the only way that we're ready is when we live obedient lives. Now, 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 Peter, and I told you I was going to get to this. Peter used the term loins. Loins. Lions. Not, it ain't a lion. Loins. <laughs> okay. The loins of your mind, I want you to get this, represent the reproductive region, the birthing place of great achievements. Let me say that again. The loins of your mind represent the reproductive region, the birthing place of great achievements. Okay. And so, and so the only way, the only way, the only way to gird up the loins of your mind is through submission to God. That's the only way. You're not going to get it no other way. Turn to James 4 and 7. James 4 and 7. You have your Bibles. This is Bible study. James 4 and 7. James 4 and 7. Give you time to find it. James 4 and 7. James 4 and 7 says, submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I'm going to say it again. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Let me work this backwards. Why are we running from the devil? <laughs> Why are you trying to run? I beat the devil running, and I'm so glad. The Bible never told us to beat the devil running. The Bible says... Resist the devil. All right? Let's look at the submit yourselves, therefore, to God. A couple of things I want to share with that. Okay? A couple of things I want to share with you. 
two things. I want you to write this down. Two things. A, the submission and devotion, and B, the separation and devotion. The submission and devotion be the separation in devotion. He says, submit yourselves to God. All right. And so, and so to be devoted to God, we must submit to him, which means submitting to his commands and his will for us. That's how we submit. Submission is not a, is not a nasty word. Nobody cusses you out when they tell you to submit. <laughs> it's not a curse word. Okay? And so in order for us to submit to him, it means submitting to his commands and his will for us. See, when we really submit to him, we'll say, not my will, God, but let your will be done. We'll say, I know what I desire. I know what I want, but I want your will to be done. Okay, and, and, and I'm going to tell you something. That's not an easy thing to do unless you are devoted to God. Show me a person that's not devoted to God, and I'll show you a person who don't submit to God's will. You, you must be devoted to God. And so, and so let's look at the separation in, in devotion. Look what he says, resist the devil and what? He will flee from you. Resist. Resist that old booger. My mother said the devil ain't nothing but a bum. He's a bum, 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 bum. When you look at that word resist, the word translated resist means stand against oppose the devil. You got to stand against the devil. You can't let the devil just keep on beating you up. You got to stand against the devil. That's what it means to resist. When you run, you're not standing against. You have to stand flat-footed and let the devil know. Somebody need to let the devil know. Devil, now wait, I've had enough. I'm a child of the Most High God. God is my father. Jesus is my big brother. I have his word. I have his promise. He's going to back me up. I oppose everything that you're doing that I know is not right, which the devil don't do nothing too much right. Okay? He may come at you right, but you better believe before long, okay, it will be wrong. He's just coming at you. Come on, somebody. Y'all remember your first date? Don't, don't, don't go back too far. Don't, don't go pull out no pictures. And if you do, look at them through the eyes of Jesus next time. But, but he, that fella opened up the car door for you. Come on, he's very nice. Paid the meal. Now wait, if you went to go eat and, and, and he had you pay on your first date, you should have left him that night. That's another subject. That's another subject. I see y'all laugh. 
That's another subject. That ought to let you know he ain't no good. Come on here. Help me, Holy Ghost. Opened up the car door, did all of that. And then it's time, and closed the door, waited till you got in. And then as time went by, he was in a hurry. You could barely get in the car, and he's already driving down the street. Things changed, but he was at his best behavior, cooking and, 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 and doing the dishes, and she was at her best behavior. Okay, Well, that's where the devil comes at us. He shows us the glamour, and he shows us the good time. He shows us the fun, but he don't show us the end result. And so that's why, the, that's why Peter says, you got to oppose him. You got to stand up against him. Okay? Now, although God and the devil are at war, we do not have to wait until the end to see who will win. How many of y'all the battle's already been fought? The victory's already won. <laughs> God has already defeated Satan. He's already defeated him. I don't care what it looked like, what's going on in society. God has already defeated Satan. It's right there in the 12th chapter of the book of Revelations, if you don't believe me. All right? And so when Christ returns, the devil and all he stands for will be eliminated forever. That's in the 20th chapter of the book of Revelation. But notice when it's going to happen. It's not going to happen until Jesus comes back. Come on, y'all read your Bible. You know, fix it, Lord, fix it, Lord, fix it. No, 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 listen. The Bible says, the Bible says it's not going to happen until Jesus comes back. All right? But now notice something, because the devil's a bum. He's a slickster. Satan is here now, and he's trying to win us over to his evil causes. That's all he's trying to do. But with the Holy Spirit's power, with the Holy Ghost that's inside of us, we can resist the devil. And the Bible says he'll flee. Just resist him. In other words, let me say it this way. Don't pay him no attention. I don't know nobody that's on right now, nobody that's listening to me. If you keep talking to somebody and they don't respond back to you, you're going to keep talking to them. Something wrong with you if that's what you do. <laughs> I don't mean to be offensive tonight, but I want y'all to hear the truth. Eventually, you're going to stop talking to that person because they are ignoring you. Okay? And so same way with the devil. That's what Peter's saying. If you resist him, resist all the vain imaginations, all the thoughts that he put into your head, he'll leave you alone. Okay? Because the devil can't be in it everywhere at the same time. So once he discovers he can't get you, he's going to move on to the next weaker person. Okay? He'll flee. <clears throat> so we live in a day, we live in a time now that many Christians, even churches, do, <laughs> even churches, they're not opposing evil. People, churches trying to see how many members they can get, how much money they can raise. Let any and everything take place in the church. It don't matter. We all going to heaven and, we, and we're so glad. The devil is a liar. Okay, too many people compromising with evil. And then watch this, and, and accept as much of it as they can, and then when you can't accept no more of it, then you ignore the rest. How many of y'all know time is out for that? We got to stand against Satan, oppose it. And, and that's the reason why the devil dominates society now. 
Come on, you have to agree with me. He dominates society. That's why the society is in the shape that it's in. When you have the evangelicals, some of our top people on the side of evil, that should never be. Come on, stop sending them your money. They're on the side of evil. Okay, what kind of word they trying to speak in your life? They're on the side of evil. So if you want to get rid of Satan's influence, you got to fight him. I mean, you know, this is a fight. Put your fist up, those of you I can see. Put your fist up. Look, some of y'all didn't ball up your fist. Some of y'all fighting the devil like this. You can't fight the devil like this. You got to ball your fist up. You got to, now, now, don't nobody go fight their husband or wife tonight. That's not the devil. Why you hit me? Because the pastor told me to fight the devil. <laughs> All right, you got to, you, you, we're in a warfare, okay? But but if he is un, unopposed, as he seemed to be in much of our society, he will ruin the society. He'll ruin your family. He'll ruin the church, okay? And so let us examine, let, 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 let's examine, let, let's examine something here. Even Jesus has something to say about this. Yeah, he did. Jesus has something to say about the imagination, and you know, it's a very familiar verse, but you may not have even thought about it regarding the realms of imagination, but Jesus does. He does talk about it. What does Jesus say in Matthew 22 and 37? Matthew 22 and 37. Look what Jesus said. Jesus says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, then I put imaginations. <laughs> okay? Because uh, 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 Paul says in Ephesians, watch this, 4 and 23, this is Bible study, y'all. He says in Ephesians 4 and 23 that the word mind includes the imagination or the spirit of your mind. He says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. <clears throat> so, so this is the first and greatest commandment. Jesus taught you not to be ruled by vain imaginations, but rather to love the Lord with everything that is in you, including your imaginations. That means your our imaginations even got to come subject. <laughs> they got to come subject, pulling down strongholds. Come on, that's the main scripture. We got to even bring those things under subjection, our imaginations. And so our relationship with God is the most important commandment. Our relationship with God is the most important matter in our life. Don't let anything supersede importance in your life when it comes to your relationship with God. Hmm. I'm going to let you kind of chew on that. Our relationship with God is very important. It determines, watch this, our relationship with God really, really determines what goes on in our minds. And it does. You don't pray but two minutes a day. You don't, you don't read the Bible until the pastor put it on the screen. 
on Tuesday nights. That's not a relationship with God. Okay, the, the, the devil gonna get you. Now, look what the Bible says. Wisdom play a very important part of this. Uh-oh, wisdom does. How many of us lack wisdom from time to time? All of us do. <laughs> All of us do. Sometimes we lack wisdom. But go to James chapter one. Go to James chapter one, because he has something to say about this. James chapter one, verses five and six. He says something. Look what he says. He says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, watch this, not wavering. Circle, highlight, don't scratch out. Circle, highlight, not wavering. For he who wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. A person, watch this, with divided loyalty is not completely convinced that God's way is the best way. He he or she, they treat God's word like any human advice and retains the option to disobey. Sometimes we treat God's word as if it's one of our brothers and sisters telling us. Then we have the option whether or not we want to obey or not. Okay, the person fluctuates between allegiance to two subjective feelings. You can't go by your feelings. Uh-oh, that's a whole nother lesson. I'm not going to deal with that. Well, that's just the way I feel right now. I, 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 I feel deep down. And you can't go with your feelings. Okay? Because you feel one way one minute, then you feel another way the next minute. Okay? And so so uh, uh, people fluctuate between allegiance to a subjective feeling. What about taking the world's ideas? Okay? Instead of following God's commands. It, you can't mix God's command and what the world is saying. You can't mix it together. Now we're going to have confusion. And now listen, if your faith is new, if, if, if you're new at it, if your faith is new, if it's weak, or even if you're struggling in your faith, remember that you can trust God. The person on here with the weakest faith, please understand, you can trust God. Trust God with a little bit of faith that you have. Trust God with the weak faith. Trust God with your struggling faith. And then when you trust him, let's be loyal to committing ourselves wholeheartedly to God. Now, I don't know what that you have, but if you've ever seen the constant rolling of huge waves at sea, you know how restless they are. In other words, they're, they're, they're subject to the forces of wind, gravity, and the tide. Waves, whichever way the wind blow, that's which way that wave got to go. You ain't never seen a wave say, uh -uh, I ain't going that direction. I'm going another direction today. 
Whichever way to win, blow. That's the way. <clears throat> that's the way that it's gonna go. Well, guess what? Uh uh. Divided loyalty leaves a person as unsettled as the restless waves. That's what he's telling us. If you want to stop being tossed about, when you get tired of being tossed about, rely on God to show you what is best for you. Because you know what I come to the conclusion? We oftentimes don't know what's best for ourselves. We really don't. We know what we want or what we think we want. But beloved, we're living in a day and a time now we need to ask God, God, what's best for me? Ask him for wisdom and then trust that he will give it to you. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And when we ask God for wisdom and he gives it to us, then guess what? Our decisions that we make, they will be sure and solid. We, we won't be just guessing at it. Okay? They're going to be sure. They're going to be solid. How I many of y'all want to be solid? <laughs> I don't know about you. I want to be solid. I don't want to be pushed over here and pushed over there and then pushed backward. And Brother Chris tell me something. That's the way I'm going. Brother Mike tell me something, then I follow him. Sister Harrison tell me something, then I go following after her. No, I want to be solid. It's time that we be solid. Okay, time that we be solid. Now, I'll tell y'all something else. Now, that's what I like about Bible study. Because I like to bring out what the scripture, what the scripture is telling us. Now, by wisdom, James, watch this, is not only talking about knowledge, <clears throat> but watch this, but about the ability to make wise decisions in difficult times or circumstances. That's what we need wisdom for. <laughs> How do you know when you get broke and ain't got no money, you make some bad decisions? Come on. When you're at home feeling lonely, you make some bad decisions. And so wisdom is more than knowledge, more than just knowing, but it's having the ability to make wise decisions in difficult circumstances. A lot of the trouble that many of us have gotten ourselves into, whether it's financial or any other kind of trouble, is because we probably made that decision during a difficult time. We did. We made that decision during a difficult time only to discover it was not a wise decision. A lot of us are paying for decisions that we made a long time ago. But had we asked God for wisdom to how to deal with that situation, we wouldn't be wasting all this time now dealing with it because he would have made us solid. Somebody ought to type in the chat, teach pastor. Yeah, just that was just a snapshot of your life. Don't start feeling bad. It's a part of your movie, okay? But fact of the matter is, that could have been edited out had we asked God for wisdom. 
Okay. And so James is saying, James is saying, it gives us the ability to make wise decisions doing difficult times. And y'all, we're living in difficult days and difficult times. Now's not the time to be making foolish decisions. Come on, somebody. Don't let your mind, we still talking about your mind and your imagination. Don't let your mind get to turning too much and you start counseling yourself. Because I told you last week, a person who counsels themselves is a person that's getting ready for deep trouble. Come on here, somebody. In the multitude of counsel, according to scripture, there's wisdom. Got to listen to somebody. Come on here, somebody. We, 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 as hard it is, as hard as it is for some of us. I put myself right there with you. <laughs> but we have to learn how to listen to other people. Take other people's advices as long as it matches with the word of God. Don't go by what somebody else would do. Okay? Don't go by what somebody else would do. Because it's easy for me to tell you what I would do as long as I'm not in the situation. As soon as I get in the situation, then you discover I don't even do what I told you I would do. All right. And so whenever we need wisdom, we can pray to God. And basically he was saying, and he will generously supply what we need. And that Christians do not have to grope around in the dark, hoping to stumble upon answers. You're saved. You, you don't look to stumble up on answers. Huh? We can ask for God's wisdom to guide our choices. Now, the wisdom that we need, the wisdom that we need, <laughs> the wisdom that we need um, has three distinct <clears throat> characteristics. <clears throat> I'm not going to teach on it tonight, but I want you to write it down. All right? Because I think this is very important. It has three distinct characteristics. Here they are. Number one, it is practical. That's number one. It's practical. In other words, the wisdom from God relates to life even during the most trying times. First natural, okay? It's practical. Number two, it is divine. Because it's divine because it comes from up above. Don't come out of a book. Okay? It, it, it comes from up above. That's what makes it divine. <clears throat> and then number three, it is Christ-like. Christ-like. Now, y'all, I, I really got to explain that one because I don't know whether or not you knew it or not, but you're going to know it tonight. Asking for wisdom is ultimately asking to be like Christ. <laughs> Uh-oh. The Bible identifies Christ as the wisdom of God. Don't miss it. <laughs> so asking for wisdom, you're asking to be more like Christ. <clears throat> All right. 
You're asking to be like Christ. Because the Bible identifies Christ as the wisdom of God. So if Christ is the wisdom of God and I want wisdom, I'm asking to be more like Christ. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. So then somebody will say, well, Pastor, all this is good, but how, how, how can you be indecisive in your heart? How, how, how can you be? How can you be? I'm glad you asked. <clears throat> a lot of folks feel they got it. A lot of people think they're solid. They think they're stable. Really. They think, some of y'all think you're stable. Okay, so how, 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 how can you be? How can you be indecisive? Okay, here's how, by, by listening to the word of God one day and then lingering on corrupt imaginations the next. Uh-oh, you thought it was going to be something profound. I'm going to say it again. By listening to the word of God one day and lingering on corrupt imaginations the next. Watch it. Because when you do this, you are pulled by the word of God over here and then you're pulled by your imaginations over there. <laughs> and I know what we want to say. Well, no, that you know, you know, I got scripture for that, Pastor. Paul says that's where the war is. That's where the war is. Well, guess what? While you are in the midst of the war, you will become unstable. Bottom line. <laughs> okay. When, the, when you know the word and the word is pulling you here and your imagination, your thought process is pulling you over there, you're unstable. You're pulled back and forth, back and forth. As long as you hear the word, you're strong. Come on, somebody. But as soon as Bible study is over, well, it lasts maybe the rest of the night. But tomorrow morning, it's going to be something else because, you know, we ain't going to meet again till Sunday. And some of y'all ain't going to open your Bible till Sunday. You're unstable. I said it. Now, I'm not fussing. I'm giving y'all the word of God. You think you're stable. You're not stable. Okay? I'm trying to help us. When you do this, watch this. You pull here. You, you pull there. And before you know it, you're tossed back and forth like the waves of the sea. <laughs> Your life, you feel like you're in a boat. Come on, I can tell by some of y'all conversation. You feel like you're in a sea just being tossed. Here and there. Okay? Let me let me let me let, let me take it a step further. I'm almost finished. Because I don't want to give y'all too much. The word of God here, over there, you're going back and forth. One day you are up, and the next day you're down. I'm talking about less than 24 hours. And you slept 12 of those. Y'all ain't want to talk back here to me. <laughs> One day you're excited and the next day, less than 24 hours, you're depressed. You're being tossed. One day you feel great, and the next day you feel terrible, and don't even know why you feeling. Ain't nothing happened. Nobody called you. You ain't lost no money. 
You were able to digest your food. But you're happy one day and almost before night, you just feel terrible. You're being tossed. And when you live your life like that, the only thing I can say to you is welcome to the land of instability. Now, my question is, when are you going to leave the land? When are you going to leave the land? And you'll stay in the land. And here what here what keeps us in the land, because when we're in the land of instability, is normally produced by corrupt thoughts and imagination. Now, remember when I talk about corrupt thoughts, I ain't just talking about sinful thoughts. Please understand that. I'm talking about imagination, the thought of what if I die? You ain't dead yet. You worrying yourself to death thinking about dying. Wait till you die, then ask the question. (laughs) Now, that made just as much sense to me as it does you worrying yourself to death. Come on, get out of the land of instability. We're on a we're we're standing on a sure foundation. We're on a solid rock. Okay, but long as we're there, we're there because of our thought pattern. We're there because of our imaginations. Watch this. We're there because of what we allow to come out of our mouth. Huh? Speak life. Speak prosperity. Speak healing. Quit talking about how sick you are. Start talking about how healed you are. Stop talking about how broke you are and start confessing you the head and not the tail. You're going to be the lender and not the borrower. Come on, speak those things that are not as though they were. That's scripture. I'm not telling y'all nothing out of a book. That's scripture. You are a believer. When are you going to believe it? Stop saying you are a believer if you ain't going to believe it. Because that's a part of being a believer. So I say, boy, pastor, whoo, be rough tonight. <clears throat> well, I don't want to be rough, but I, I, I want us all to get there. Solid foundation. Where we, where, where we just stop singing songs because they sound good <clears throat> and really understand that our souls have been anchored in the Lord. I'm transformed by the renewing of my mind. Devil, get out of my mind. These thoughts of not making it, these thoughts of what if. Devil, you got to go. Well, let me wrap it up. Let me wrap it up. Here's a solution. I got a solution. Think on these. (laughs) Write that down. Think on these. Paul, 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 Peter, rather, writes his entire epistle to the Philippians in Philippians 4 and 8. Go to Philippians 4 and 8. He writes his entire epistle to the Philippians, and then he ends it by saying, 
finally, brethren, that's how he's going to end it. After he done got through talking about everything else, he says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Think. Now he's telling you how to think. Think on these things. You cannot be thinking about your struggles, what you don't have, what you think you need, and on these things at the same time. Your mind don't have the capacity to do that. And when you do those two things, that's the reason why there's confusion. All right? Delusions and everything else. He says, think on these things. Make sure you write that scripture down, Philippians 4 and 8. So, so if you are having an imagination or an untrue thought that is not honest, pure, or lovely, then that thought is not what God wants you to ponder. He don't want you to ponder that thought. All right? We must leave the realm of vain imaginations and entertain thoughts and intents from the mind of Christ. Okay, let us be like Noah that found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Well, let's close. Let's get ready to call it a night. Let me give you some action exercise real quick. This is how we end every week. Corrupt thoughts and imaginations will battle for dominion in your minds. We come to that conclusion. Okay, They war against the positive, innovative, and creative ideas, dreams, and aspirations that the Holy Ghost wants to impart in us. But to avoid to avoid corruption. This is very important now. Here it is. Examine the source of your thoughts against your motivation. <laughs> I'm going to leave that up there so y'all can get that one. Examine the source of your thoughts against your motivation. To understand motive is a great weapon against corrupt imaginations. You, you, you have to figure out what's your motive behind what you're doing. Once you discover your motive, then maybe we may discover that's the reason why 
our thought process is so bad or corrupt. Understand the motive behind, okay, your thoughts. And then as you use the power to choose, as we talked about last week, when you use the power to choose what you think their stability and peace will give you that sense of identity and purpose that you've been searching for. Use the power to choose. Bring down every stronghold and everything that enters into your mind. All right, that enters into your mind. If it's not of God, if it's not holy, if it's not pure, you got to get rid of it. So the preview of what we discussed in this, and we're moving on to the next. I told you all that the most challenging struggles of life are within. Let's not forget that. Okay. Every strange thought that enters your mind needs to be examined. To win the war, you must use your power of choice. And choose not to dwell on those vain imaginations. Okay, They may get in the mind real quick, but you got to learn how to get them out. Don't dwell on it. Vain imaginations, they always darken spiritual reasoning within your mind. Okay, These two, spirit and word, always agree. So stay in the spirit and stay in the word. Those two are going to agree. Okay? And then we ask, how can you waver in your heart? You falter by listening to the word of God one day and then lingering on corrupt imaginations the next. And thoughts and imaginations, they are battling for dominion in your mind. And it's up to us to make the determination, devil, not so. You can't have his mind. My, 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 my. Ella Mason. I done lost my mind. I didn't understand in 1972 when he first came to St. Luke and started singing that song. He had to explain it to me later. He said, Reverend, what that means is I've lost my old mind. And now I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. God bless y'all. Now, next week, next week, 